When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from the Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. It's great to be with you. Of course, I'm with uh, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. I appreciate you all having me with you today. Um, Late, late night. Got everything going. Busy, busy. And now back from the combine. I want to give you a recap of the combine and some things that really stood out to me. Things that I think that you're going to find genuinely interesting. We're going to talk about a lot. Start me today. I got to drink a lot of coffee today. I got to stay up at least till I can get this done. Um, so let me address a few things with you. The Raiders were certainly on the lips of everybody. It was on the lips of people that you ran into in the hall, who you know, who are coaches, agents, NFL executives. Um, and you have to understand these are people I've known most of them for a very long time. Um, and in the, my previous combines, and this is my fifth year covering the Raiders, nothing, you know, they may have said to me, Hey, how do you enjoy covering the Raiders? How do you like being in Vegas? Whatever. Now it was specific Raiders. And a couple of times I walked up to guys to talk to them. And why I waited, their conversation was Raiders, and there was no reason for it to be. That was interesting to me. The Raiders have the attention of the NFL. Now, that can be good and it can be bad. In this case, I think it's very good. Sometimes they have the attention of the NFL um, for things they did that didn't make sense. This is good stuff couple of things. Um, J.J. McCarthy, who you may remember when I did my first mock draft, I had the Raiders taking with their first pick in the second round. I wrote in that mock draft that I'm, I was acting as if the draft was that day, and according to NFL executives, who I trusted as great quarterback drafters, they said if the draft was today, you could get J.J. I wrote all this, so you can go look and verify it. But they said, by the time the combine pro days and all that's over, J.J.'s going to be at the very top, and he won't be available here. I concur. Um, Everything about J.J. McCarthy, um, I informally talked to guys from nine teams, 
And I just asked them, who do you think was the most impressive quarterback? Um, just give me the top two. And eight of the top two had J.J. and Jaden Daniels. So I thought that was extremely interesting. <clears throat> um, I thought that was very, very interesting. Both of those young men really helped themselves this week um, in a lot of ways. J.J. showed uh, a snap on his pass that when you don't have to throw a ton, it's a big deal. Now, one team who's very good at drafting quarterbacks, who absolutely does their research every year, even though they're not in need of a quarterback, um, said to me that the thing about J.J. is he runs a pro-style offense. He had a pro-style coach. And he said just his ability to analyze. And he said in the meeting with him, um, they were very surprised at his ability to analyze information so fast, just incredibly fast. So I thought that was really unique. Um, I don't think this is betraying anything. They said they gave him a, a, some information at the beginning of the interview and then comes back at the end and he could he recited all of it. He knew what they were talking about, and they were very impressed with that. Jaden Daniels, um, very humble, wasn't about him. Um, very impressed a lot of people. A lot of people came away um, just the – character and integrity of the young man um, really impressed a lot of people. I think people already knew what Jaden could do physically, um, but just getting to know him personally, they liked him a lot. Again, him and JJ, I thought, had big days. And, and another guy that had a very, very great was Spencer Rattler. He had a good one. Um, a lot of teams were very impressed with him. Um a lot of teams really liked him, liked his humility, liked um, how he explained his situation. You know, one of the things, <clears throat> you may be at a school, I knew a prospect one time who was at a school that didn't really have great coaching at his position. So he loses his spot. He transfers, does very well at a school that has great coaching. So the team brings him in. And says to him, hey, what happened over here at school A? Wondering, is he going to trash people? Is he that kind of guy? And he talked about, and now they knew they didn't have good coaching. He's like, you know, that quarterback, he's really good. And I maybe, I, you know, I feel like I needed to learn some more things. And he walked out of the meeting and the general manager told the staff that was there, that's our guy. We all know the coaching at school A for his position was horrible. And... He just said some things and he goes, we're going to go pick that guy. And oh, by the way, that guy's still in the league and still playing at a very high level. And Spencer Rattler did very good, especially I was told with the questions about what happened, you know, at OU with Caleb and all that, just the way he handled it, the way he talked about it. Um, he didn't throw people under the bus and he just was very impressive. I'm going to give you another name that I think had a very good week based on what I have heard was Michael Penix. The problem is he's had so much injury history and, and it isn't just like one knee and maybe there was a bad surgery or whatever, or he rushed back that happens, but he's had multiple injuries at different spots. 
And a lot of teams have said if Penix had not had the injury history, he'd be one or two. But he has. And so, again, the good drafting teams understand that's a great prospect. That's a great player. But you can't take those risks with a first-rounder. Now, I, I think there's a great chance, and I'm, I'm I'm almost nearly certain he'll go in the first round. But I just wanted you to understand it isn't to do with his talent or his character. It's all on the injury issue. Drake May did not hurt himself at all. Drake May, like one guy said, he goes, with Drake May, we had so much information. The best I think he could have hoped for, this is according to a, a team official, not Raider, but a team. The best thing I think we could have hoped for was that he not hurt himself. And that's exactly what Drake Day did. Drake, Drake May did, excuse me. Bo Nix, um, <clears throat> I don't know that he helped himself. Just I'll leave it there. I'm not saying that he was a colossal failure or anything like that. I like Bo Nix personally. Um, I like his skill set, all of that. I don't know how some of it translates into the NFL because there's a couple things that people that I trust have questioned about Bo Nix. Um, but I, but I, I just heard some things that I don't necessarily want to repeat that I don't know that he helped himself. I'm not saying he colossally failed himself. But I would say I don't necessarily think he helped himself. Um, Caleb Williams, I mean, very little doubt somebody is going to be so impressed with his incredibly and impressive physical ability that he's going to go one. But I'm telling you, all of the QB people that I trust, and I told you this weeks ago, do not think um, – Real highly of him. Too many questions. One guy said, absolute best athletic ability in this draft. Absolute most red flags in this draft. And, and, and there will be a team that will pick him, and I'm sure it'll be number one. If not, I mean, two for sure. Um, but I have learned over the years, I don't trust what I see. I don't trust what I think. Although I certainly value that, I think I've done it long enough that I think that there is some intelligence there. But I would tell you, uh, the people that I do trust at the quarterback position, just way too many concerns. And, you know, his decisions on his medical records and testing and all that kind of stuff just concerns people. So let's just say, again, Caleb Williams is the most talented guy here and the most red flags here, bar none. And, but somebody is going to take him up top. I had someone make a comment to me the other day when I mentioned on social media that, you know, he certainly didn't help himself yet, but didn't hurt himself. He's going to probably still be one or two. And, and they, they were absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. But then all of a sudden, okay, what, what kind of team are you going to be on? Are you going to be on a team of bad drafters, bad management? If it's only about the money, you don't care. But if it's about more than money, <clears throat> I'm not going to tell you who um, because I don't think that that would be fair. It was an off-the-record conversation. But I can repeat this. One of the quarterbacks in a quarterback meeting with a team, um, they said to him, we're not – 
a top tier team. You know, we're not a top 10 team drafting. And um, so how disappointing would it be if you fell to us? And the guy looked at him and, and said, and I, I have to be very careful what I tell you, he said. I'm repeating someone, an NFL executive, but I don't want you to be able to figure out what team I'm talking about. But basically the kid said, um, told them all about their team and said, um, I would prefer to go to your team and lose a little bit of money on my first contract, knowing I'm going to make it up in my second uh, to play for you guys. Not going to tell you what team, not going to tell you what kid, but it was a quarterback that made that comment. And uh, that team really fell in love with that kid. That was a great answer. So the quarterback situation, now let's talk about after the combine. Um, you may remember I told you before the combine to look back at last year. I found out last year at the combine that the Raiders had checked on the cost for moving to all the spots ahead of them. I've henceforth told you, um, and you may remember last year during the draft, I told you there was one quarterback that I thought they would they would go up for, but I didn't want to get into the semantics. I didn't want to hurt the Raiders. And I've told you, Dave Ziegler wanted C.J. Stroud, which was not going to happen because the only quarterback that Josh wanted was Bryce Young. And the cost was too high. Even Josh was like, no, the cost is too high to move up. Then later on, it became not available, one or two. So what I want you to understand, I told you this a few weeks ago, the closer you get to the draft, the price goes up because then teams become solidified in what they want to do. So here's what we know. That Washington is staying at two. They are very content to stay there. Um, they want Caleb. And um, I'm told that they like, it's Caleb, it's Jaden, um, and Drake, that they're, they're very content with getting one of those three. I'm told that Caleb is one. I believe, I believe, Jaden is two. Now, I have reason to believe that, but I'll just say I think Jaden is two and Drake is three. Chicago, uh, I think, understands that they, they have to get, if they're going to trade Justin Fields, the sooner the better because the market's going to keep dropping on Justin Fields. Now, if you're a Raider, that could end up being a good thing because the Raiders do did have some interest in Justin. I told you before, I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't rule it out, but I think Chicago's cost is going to have to come way down. Um, and some other things would have to happen. <clears throat> so I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying I don't expect it, but that price keeps falling. And at some point Chicago is going to have to make a decision to move on and do what they need to do because the cost, their return on Justin Fields is going to continue to drop. As teams know, Caleb's a bear. Okay, we're not going to overpay you for Justin. Shouldn't overpay you for Justin. I was asked yesterday, what do you think that would be a fair cost for Justin? I think a three is a very good deal. 
a third rounder. I I could make an argument for a two. I could make a, a legitimate argument for the two. If I were Tom Telesco, I I would probably pull that trigger at two. All right, we'll give you a second round pick. Done. Take him. Then you got two years to work with the guy. And <laughs> for all of you people that thought Luke Getze um, and him hated one another, that's not true at all. It's not accurate. Now, I want to go back because I think this is important to, to mention. Luke Getze, <clears throat> excuse me, has ties to J.J. McCarthy. So I'm... I believe J.J. McCarthy uh, is very well, um, very well respected by the Raiders. I think that they hold him in very high regard. And so I I would not rule that out. I would not. Now, I don't think he's going to be available at 13. But I wouldn't rule out the Raiders making a move. Just my personal thoughts, I would not rule out the Raiders making a move and going up to J.J. Now, where do you have to go? Well, I think it's pretty safe. We know what's going to happen at four. So we're just going to keep an eye on that. I'm going to address this next week. Um, address this next week, but I'll get into more of where I think that they would have to get to to get J.J., Again, I think J.J. is going to go high. Um, I know a couple of quarterback people that told me if they th – that I when I say quarterback people, they're, I call them quarterback people because they've been proven good drafters of quarterbacks. I had one guy told me, he goes, if we were sitting there and, and, and we draft well, so we're never at one. But if we absolutely had to have a quarterback in this draft, I would go to my owner and say, I don't care about the cost, get McCarthy. Now, this is a very successful drafter incredibly successful drafter. So when he tells me, I tell my owner, let's go. Let's go get McCarthy. That, to me, speaks highly. But again, a lot of interesting pieces here, a lot of stuff moving and flowing. But coming out of the combine, that's kind of the latest on what I have for you on the quarterbacks. Now, Terry and Arnold did not run a 4-5. I mean, excuse me, did not run a 4-3, which we had been told by someone from Alabama that in a private workout last week he had run a 4-3. Um, we asked him about it, about the 4-3, and he didn't really answer. Um, just didn't answer. But he ran a 4-5 twice. <clears throat> Uh, that is not as concerning to me as maybe to others. Because when you put the tape in against super fast guys, it's not like he struggles. He knows how to use his body and his technique. He's very technique sound. I th and I think at his pro day, he'll get that down in four fours, which if he does, he's fine. So if you're looking at guys, <clears throat> potentially for the Raiders to peg at 13, I think Terry and Arnold has to be in there. There's a couple other guys. There's several guys that I think are going to be in that window that are immediate impact players. Latham, the offensive tackle from uh, 
Oregon State. I apologize that I, I just don't know how to pronounce his name. And my name is Hondo, and I get called everything. And it's just disrespectful if you can't get somebody's name right. And I'm trying. So please forgive me, but the young man from Oregon State, super impressive. He impressed everybody. Um, so there's a lot of guys, and I'm going to get into that later as we get closer um, to the draft, kind of pegging it down. Now, I very quickly, and then I want to get to more stuff. I'm going to have my second mock draft for the Raiders um, coming out on Monday. I really encourage you. And so moving forward from now on, Mock Draft Mondays, between now and the start of the NFL Draft. I'll be doing my mock every week based upon what I'm hearing. Sometimes the Raider pick shifts because I'm hearing some other interest. Um, if I had to say right now, I think Caleb 1, Jaden 2, Drake 3, Marvin Harrison 4. That's what I believe right now how the thing will play out. And I have reason to believe that with each. Um, so we're going to leave that right there, but I'll come back and I'll deal more with that next week <clears throat> as I discuss and, and talk about what's going on among the draft and all of that with you. I want to um, talk about another issue that I think is really big. Tomorrow, I'm going to be addressing the Michael Lombardi comments about AP. Um, I have very interesting feelings. A lot of you have asked me to comment. I'm going to. Let's party. And I'm going to be very blunt and very honest and analytical. Um, and we'll just leave it right there. And you guys can make any opinion you want. I am going to tell you if anyone thinks that it even remotely bothers AP, <laughs> you're wrong. I, if anything, I, I would venture to say to you that he finds it entertaining. I'm just giving an opinion. Um, <clears throat> so whatever, I'll be addressing those on Monday. And uh, I want to talk now about free agency. We're getting closer to that kicking in. And um. I am going to, so today I think is the third. Let me look. Yep, uh, yep today's the third. So uh, starting on Monday the 11th, I'm going to be doing a ton of digging in on free agency. I am going to tell you that I, I think the Raiders next week, gonna have, we're gonna, you're going to be hearing a lot of information, but I think the Raiders are going to be absolute players in free agency. Um, I think that you're going to see Telesco be a lot like Dave Ziegler, who did a tremendous job with the Raiders salary cap. Um, there were some decisions that were made that weren't Ziegler, such as he didn't want Jimmy Garoppolo, but it was what it was. And a lot of that Garoppolo money is off the books now. So it didn't cost the Raiders. So that was good news. But I think you're going to see Telesco. And one of the advantages of Telesco is in Los Angeles with the Bolt, he, um, you know, the, the the ownership family did a lot of the contracts and that kind of stuff. That wasn't all Tom at all. In fact, when Tom was there and got fired and nobody thought he was a candidate 
for the Raiders. I certainly didn't. Um, somebody in that organization told me, man, he got robbed. And, every, and everyone's talking about the salary cap. That wasn't even him. So that was before this person even knew that he was a viable. None of us knew he was a viable candidate for the Raiders job. So Telesco is going to follow a lot of what Dave Ziegler did. Very disciplined. He's not going to overpay for anybody. But he's going to be extremely fair. He's going to prioritize re-signing Raiders. That, that will endear him to the locker room. That will endear him. Now, having said that, I want to talk about Josh Jacobs. Um, the Raiders want him back. That is unquestioned. He has emphatically, to me and to others, made it clear he wants to be a Raider. That's fact. Here is the issue, though. It's going to be what are the Raiders willing to pay? There is going to be a ton of free agent running backs available. Now, I am hearing that Saquon is probably going to Texas. And I'm hearing two or three teams for some of the other backs. I'm not hearing any other teams at this point for Josh. Although I think there are some other teams that would want him, I think his focus is on being a Raider. So the question is going to be, um, will his management team and, and Josh and Telesco be able to come to a value that the Raiders don't overpay? I can tell you this right now. The Raiders will not overpay for Josh Jacobs. It's not going to happen. They're going to be very fair. They're not going to try to undercut him either. They're not going to try to go cheap on him. So the issue is you never know what is somebody else willing to pay. So let me give you an example. I was having a meal um, with a executive this week who said something to me. Actually, he was eating. I was having a cup of coffee because it was a second meal. But he said to me, there's always somebody willing to over, seemingly to overpay. So let's say the Raiders think he's worth X and the other team says he's worth Y. Okay. Then you have to look at, you have to move. You're familiar with your territory. The cost is irrelevant, but familiarity, you know, this locker room, you know, this staff. The other one is, does the other state have income taxes? What's the cost of living in the other state? I've told you this numerous times, and I'm not getting into politics. I'm just being truthful. I know free agents who purposely did not go to California because of its, compared to other places, overwhelming the, the tax burden. Not just in income, I mean, state income tax, but other taxes. Who just said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not willing to go there for the taxes. Because it would just, their agents showed them lists. One player one time who was a good friend of mine threw this report on, 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 not on my desk, but threw it where I, him and I were sitting. And he threw it to me. He goes, look at that. And I go, and there was the three teams that were, had made my friend free agent offers. And his agent had went through and said, for the home you have now, this is what it would cost in all three states. Here's what this state is going to cost you in state income tax across all three states. And here's what this state's going to cost you in ancillary taxes, meaning 
maybe a sales tax, maybe property taxes, whatever. And he went through and said, well, this state, I can, the same house I have now is cheaper in this state. The same house I have now has no state income tax and the state and, and this, excuse me, start over. This state here, I can buy the same house that I have now cheaper than the other two. Check one. This state, three, cheaper income taxes because there's none. The other two have some. All right. And then the third one is ancillary tax. These other two states have a lot of higher sales taxes, higher property taxes. And for him, they said that for the same amount of money being offered, going to three, this is what you're going to make over your three-year deal. It was a no-brainer, but his agent did all of that. So those are all things in, that that Josh is going to have to consider. And he will. So I was asked yeah, today by several of you in emails, do I think Josh resigns? I think that very high percentage that Josh resigns if all things are equal or better than the Raiders. But if he's being offered silly money, silly money. Remember, Aguilar was here, great wide receiver. The Raiders really wanted him. But the Patriots that year had a ton of money. Bill Belichick knew he was kind of under pressure. So what did he do? He overpaid to go get Nelson if the Raiders didn't keep him. That's the situation that I think the Raiders are in right now. Josh wants to be here. The Raiders want Josh. But is somebody willing to just go way over? And it is what it is. I'm going to completely guess right now. But I think a three-year... Twenty-five to $27 million deal would probably be where the Raiders would sign him. Now, would the Raiders able to get out probably after two? Now, if certain things happen in year two, I can see year three being guaranteed. That's purely <clears throat> a guess, but it's not a speculative guess. It's based on what I'm talking to people and hearing what do you think is a very fair price for Josh? So if he were to get a three-year, $27 million deal, but you know, $18 million guaranteed, or a three-year, $25 million deal, $16 million guaranteed, I think that's 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 the sweet spot. Would the Raiders, if somebody else came in big, maybe go a little higher? Maybe. Telesco has said he prioritizes signing his free agents, but it's going to be very interesting to watch. That's kind of where I think that the Josh Jacobs things is going to handle. And you know what? If somebody comes in and offers Josh stupid money and he takes it, who blames the guy? He's got, a, you know, he's got his family to take care of and it's a business and he's on and he's already in that fifth year. I mean, going into a six year. So his shelf life is not much longer. And other than one year, which was his original fourth year, he's never played a whole season. He's not stayed healthy. So you can't emotionally attach yourself to Josh, even though I just think the world of him. He is a tremendous young man. I really like him a lot. This is absolutely nothing personal. If there wasn't a salary cap, you just pay him. Great kid. 
but he hasn't, and he and, and he knows that he hasn't shown a track record of staying healthy. So you can't go out and pay a ton of money to somebody that hasn't shown the best ability is availability. But so coming out of the combine, that's where I kind of think this is going to roll and where that's going to be settled. I will tell you, there's going to be a market for Jermaine Illuminor. Um, a good market. Yeah. I think one team that has him targeted is the New York Giants, where Carmen Brasillo is now. Carmen likes him a lot. And he likes Carmen. And he's very flexible. His ability to flex, to tackle, to guard is a really big deal. Now, I can see a scenario where the Raiders sign him, move him to guard. So you got Colton, empty guard spot, because you move Dylan to center. Jermaine Illuminor, a rookie. Okay, do you go back and hire Greg Van Roten? who was super highly respected, had some a little bit of adjustments early, but he came in late. He's a key guy that if you can get him, get him at the right price, or are you able to take a right tackle and subsequently put a guard in there? Or is there a guy that maybe you think you can play a Thayer Mumford at that inside guard, at that other guard spot? If you don't get a tackle and leave Jermaine Illuminor or whatever. So it's going to be really interesting to watch how this goes through. I'm, I'm going to, I've told you this before, but I heard it again yesterday and I want to repeat it was that Tom Telesco spent invaluable amounts of time really watching a ton of film and learning about every Raider player. I said it before, I'm going to say it again because I think it's very important that you understand this. The relationship between Telesco and Pierce has impressed a ton of people. Just the way it has been handled. The, the respect, the relationship, all of it has just been extremely impressive. So I think that's a really, really thing to know that he's listening. He's listening. If you want to know do I think the Raiders are moving up? And do I think that the Raiders are going to select a top three pick? I don't. The cost is just brutal. It doesn't mean, though, if costs were to change, that they wouldn't. But if I were making a guess today, I don't think the Raiders will move up into those top three. I don't. But I think that they're going to do a lot to gather a ton and continue to look. I can tell you this. I was told yesterday that no decision has been made on what to do. None. Absolutely none. <clears throat> so anybody you're hearing, this is what the Raiders are doing. That's not accurate. I think the Raiders are looking at a lot of scenarios. I think they have a three in mind of what they want to do. I don't think they've settled on any of the three yet. And I don't think all of the three are relying on them. For one of them, for sure, two of them, for sure, it would take somebody else agreeing to do something. So I just think for right now, no decision has been made. It was a very successful combine for the Raiders. 
Um, I was very highly impressed with how Tom Telesco handled it. And talking to player to players, coaches, agents, executives around the league, um, one guy told me who knows Telesco very well, one guy told me, he goes, he, Tom's a new man. It's like he is out of the oppression of the Bolts. I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. He goes, I'm, I, and he said, I'm so glad. He was one of the guys that I told you when Tom got the job that went to bat for him with me. Um, he said to me, and this is an NFL executive, he says, I've always thought Tom was super smart in a tough spot. And he made the most of it. And it was great to just see how he and his people moved around the chessboard this week. So I think it was a great week for the Raiders, great week for the Silver and Black. And you guys are Silver and Black, so it was a great week for you. And they came out with a ton of information. We wrote a voluminous amount of articles, and we've got more coming. Videos, all of it. I can't thank you all enough for clicking, subscribing, and sharing. Please don't stop. Nobody brought you the amount of information that we did from the Combine. And it was all free. And I want to give a big shout out, Aiden Champion, to Carter Landis, Braden Reedy. Great stuff. And we just tried to bring you as much information. You know, they're out there doing that stuff while I'm working agents, executives, coaches, trying to get as much information as I can. Now, I have an article coming tomorrow that you do not want to miss. It is my latest question and answer article. And it's not like, you know, I've been trying to do these on video. And tomorrow I'm going to do more on video as well. Um, uh, answering your questions. But it is a bunch of your questions on the Raiders. And one of the questions that I got and I have waited and sat on, Sally sent it to me a while ago, is the rumor that the Raiders had Tom Brady, but Gruden didn't want him. And Sally asked me if they didn't want him, why? And I'm going to answer that question. Ton of detail and a bunch more. I got a lot of other stuff coming. A lot of nuggets. Don't miss that article. It's going to publish, I think, at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific in Vegas. And But check that article out. Read it. I think you're going to get a lot of insight, a lot of information, um, that you're going to find very, very interesting. So I want to thank you all for watching and listening, subscribing. When you go to si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Raiders, remember upper right-hand corner, when you go there, it says newsletter, click it. If you sign up, it's 100% free. We will not spam you, but three days a week, we'll send you an email with our best letter, our best articles. You'll never miss anything again. In fact, a couple of you have mentioned in comments that you love that email, and I want to thank you for doing that. I appreciate you. Follow me on Instagram, Hondo SR. Follow me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Hondo Carpenter. From all of us to all of you, I hope you have a wonderful day. I appreciate you. Now, next week, well, I'll tell you about it next week. But don't forget, Monday's, Monday's article you don't want to miss and a lot more. I appreciate you all. That's my combine recap. Have a good day, everybody. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa, whoa.